Bootstrapping Mars. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Philip Metzger, planetary scientist at the Florida Space Institute of the University of Central Florida and co-founder of the Kennedy Space Center, Swampworks. Welcome, Dr. Metzger. Hi, Tanya. I'm glad to be here. It's great to have you as always. Give us a quick summary of your work with NASA and the exploration of our solar system. Okay, um, so I work on technologies that interact with the surfaces of planets other than Earth. So um, mining, manufacturing, construction, using the materials that are available on the moon, Mars, or asteroids. You took a term that many in the audience use, bootstrapping, and applied it to colonizing other planets. Explain what it means in that context. Okay, yeah. Um, so there have been a number of studies over the decades trying to figure out how can we get human beings um, into space so that we're no longer bound to a single planet, so that we can have a, a more vibrant civilization. And there were some studies done by Gerard K. O'Neill back in the 1970s through 1990s, where he looked at having humans working in space, where the humans are literally there in vast numbers doing manufacturing. Um, but his estimates was that you would need like 10,000 people living in an orbital facility for it to break even economically. And so the question is, how do you, how do you get enough um, investor funding to build a space station that holds 10,000 people with their homes before you ever start to make money? And so it was not really a doable do. Um, then in the 1980s, NASA did a study, it was at NASA Ames, their summer study, where they said, let's don't use humans, let's use robots. So maybe we can build a self-replicating lunar factory where each factory builds two more factories. And then over a period of a few decades, it grows to this gigantic industry. And then we can do things like build habitats for 10,000 humans in space. Um, but the problem was, how do you build an entire lunar factory and then put it on a rocket and fly it to the moon? It's, it ends up being the same problem. You've got to convince enough investors, we're going to build a whole factory and then fly the whole factory to the moon, you know, and you just can't convince anybody to put money into that scheme. And so, so I thought, got to thinking, you know what we need to do instead of building and then flying a factory, we need to bootstrap the factory. So we're gonna start simple. We're gonna build a little bit of stuff and then we're gonna launch a little bit of stuff and then build a little, launch a little, build a little, launch a little until eventually you've got a factory. And the benefit of doing it in a bootstrapping approach is you're solving the tech problems incrementally as you go along. Now the challenge is we still have to find a way to monetize it We've got to produce revenue as you go, but there are ways to do that. You know, there are things you can do. There are products you can produce on the way towards having a full-scale factory. It still ends up being an economic problem. And so we're still working on what are the stepping stone business models to getting to the full factory. But we think it's a much more doable challenge if we look at it this way. If we're going to bootstrap Mars, what raw materials does it offer as building blocks? 
Okay, so Mars is um, a very diverse planet, just like the Earth is. It has a long geological history. We can tell it used to have water. Um, there's evidence of an ocean. There's evidence of rivers and runoff channels. Um, there's also a lot of strata in the geology. And so uh, we know that there's a lot of resources there on the planet. The water is, um, a lot of the water is frozen into the soil and frozen in the polar caps. And there's diverse minerals all over the planet. And so um, we're already working, uh, NASA is already working and funding researchers like myself to develop technologies that will utilize those resources. Um, just one example, a few years ago, NASA gave me a grant to work on using the clay minerals that are available at certain locations on Mars and try to come up with a technology that can use those clay minerals as a building material. So we had a contract where we studied the use of clay for 3D printing in the Martian environment. Should we attempt to bootstrap a Mars colony? I mean, how long might it take before that colony could be continuously occupied? Okay, so first of all, well, I'm gonna say we, we try to avoid the word colony because there's a, a lot of sad history here on the earth. And we prefer to use terms like settlements or communities in space. Um, my friend Michelle Hanlon from For All Mankind prefers calling them communities in space. Um, but so, uh, and, and also with that, it's not just a change in terminology. We wanna make sure that whatever we do in space is going to be just for all humanity. We wanna ensure that we have participation from all and that we're creating a future which is bright for humanity. Um, but in order to, um, to develop these uh, communities of people living on Mars or elsewhere in the solar system, we need to, um, I think we're gonna start with robots. We're gonna send robots ahead to start doing the mining and start doing the manufacturing, start producing uh, habitats so that when humans get there, we have a place to live, building landing pads, start to build up the commodities like rocket fuel so that we can have transportation going to and from the planet, start to put energy systems on the planet. Now here's an, an interesting idea that we don't talk about enough in my opinion. There's been a lot of work on beamed energy, on how we can beam energy from the Earth, I mean, from orbit down to the Earth in order to revolutionize the Earth. But I think we, we should develop beam energy systems for Mars as well. We could um, use resources from asteroids to develop the um, energy systems off the planet and make it a very scalable, large-scale energy supply to beam energy down. And then we can start to bootstrap industries on Mars, just like we talk about bootstrapping on the moon. Um, and by having a lot of energy available and having self-replicating factories, we can build up infrastructure on Mars very rapidly. And we can even talk about terraforming Mars within a reasonable amount of time, I think. Do humans have the physiology and mental ability to live much of their lives off Earth? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, a very tricky question because a lot of the research is going on now. The two main issues are radiation and gravity. So radiation, um, we can manage radiation by simply putting radiation shielding around you. 
Um, but radiation shielding here on the Earth is in the form of a very thick atmosphere. So um, we get bombarded by cosmic rays and those particles interact with the atmospheric molecules and they break apart into a shower of smaller and smaller particles and very little of that reaches the surface. So we're protected. If you want to have an equivalent amount of mass you're and you want to make that shielding out of soil, you're talking about maybe 10 meters thick of soil. But nobody wants to live on Mars under 10 meters of soil and live their entire life underground. So there are a lot of different approaches. One approach is biologically, maybe we can trick out our, our immune system to find and repair cancers, precancers in our body so that we're just more tolerant to radiation. Um, another approach is you live part of your life in the radiation shielding, but you go outside for a portion of the day. And, you know, we don't really need 10 meters of shielding. You might be able to get away with much less. Um, so that's one of the issues we're dealing with. Another issue that I mentioned was the gravity. And there's just not much you can do to increase the gravity of a planet, you know. So um, personally, I like the idea of living in space in a gigantic habitat that can rotate where you can create as much artificial gravity as you want. And then you can commute to the surface of the planet to do mining and manufacturing. But a lot of people really want to live on a planet and I can't blame you for that. So. Um, so we, we're doing research, like what level of gravity do you need to have for your body to be healthy? We're sure that it's going to be less than earth gravity, but how much less? How much less will be acceptable for human physiology? And at this point, we just don't know yet. How might private sector businesses, entrepreneurs, and investors contribute to such a project? What are the big problems or challenges that remain to be solved? Oh, well, that's a, a giant question. Um, so I think in the long term, um, if we want to move economic activity into space, if we want to have people living on Mars, those people are going to need something to do to produce economic value you know, so that they can trade with the Earth. And um, we're going to have to be doing economic activity on Mars so that we don't need to buy everything from Earth. So ultimately, it's all about moving economic activity beyond Earth. And um, if it's economic, that means we need private sector doing it. You know, it's going to, uh, it's, we're going to have um, companies learning how to make things of value in space. Uh, one of the coolest ideas is simply, um, well, Robert Zubrin pointed out that all the people living in Silicon Valley there's no way that the resources of Silicon Valley can support all those people. So what is it that Silicon Valley exports to the rest of the, the world so that they can buy stuff? Well, one of their major exports is simply intellectual capital. Um, they are just a group of people there inventing ideas. And so if you have people living on Mars, um, they can produce intellectual property like software, inventions. And the cool thing about that is to ship it back to Earth, you just need radio waves. Um, so uh, I, think, I think that's a cool idea about getting more economic activity into space. Um, but to get back to answering your question, what is it that the um, industrial world can do to participate in this? It's really everything. Um, everything we're doing in the economy is contributing to space. 
but if you want to be more particular, I would say the key issues are robotics, machine learning algorithms so that robotics can be more autonomous, manufacturing technologies that allow us to do manufacturing at small scale with unique resources, with less human intervention. Um, I think those are some of the key technologies. Dr. Philip Metzger, planetary scientist at the Florida Space Institute of the University of Central Florida. Thanks for joining us again, Philip. If somebody wants to follow you, maybe they wanna find out more about the work that you're doing. What's the best way they can do that? Well, I think the best way is probably through Twitter at Dr. Phil Till. All right, we'll do. Thanks again for your time, Philip. And find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.